Connect Kindness podcast, where we connect people with organizations to inspire kindness. I'm your host, Crystal Aziz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Evans. Thank you for joining us on the Connect Kindness podcast. Today, we're interviewing Lisa Healthman with Brighter Bites. Yes, Lisa is the founder of Brighter Bites, and she has an amazing story. She's making a huge, huge impact with children and the way that they eat, delivering fresh produce to underprivileged communities. So without further ado, this is our interview with Lisa Healthman. Thank you so much for joining us on the Connect Kindness podcast. I wanted to start off um, by letting you tell our listeners a little bit more about Brighter Bites. Thank you. I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. Uh, Brighter Bites is a nonprofit organization that focuses on getting fresh food into underserved communities. Specifically, we're trying to create communities of health around fresh food. And we have a simple formula that's produce distribution, nutrition education, and a fun food experience. And we bring produce to where kids already are so we can send home fresh produce with children uh, for their whole family and try to shift the eating behavior of the entire family. So we give them a lot of good food to crowd out the bad. Mm -hmm. We go into schools. We go into summer programs, we go into community centers, YMCA's, boys and girls clubs, and we send home 50 servings of fresh produce a week for eight weeks in the fall, eight weeks in the spring, and eight weeks in the summertime. And we teach the kids in the classroom, nutrition education, and parents through handbooks, and we create a really fun food experience for them when they pick up all the produce. We really try to just completely shift behavior so that fresh food is kind of a new fast food for them. Wow. You know, what made you want to start Brighter Bites? So I was participating in a fresh fruit and vegetable co-op with my family. Uh, We got a box of fruits and vegetables every week. Some stuff we knew, some stuff we didn't. And I noticed that my children's eating habits just started dramatically changing with this consistent access to fresh produce. So much so that I kind of started asking for apples for breakfast instead of bagels. One night they asked for Swiss chard on my plate instead of the tacos on theirs. And then this pinnacle moment happened when Drew, who is now 13, was six years old. And he was at a birthday party and he called me over and he said, Mommy, do I have to eat this? And I looked down and it was cake. I mean, a six-year-old rejected (laughs) cake. And he said, I'd rather have fruit instead. Do they have that? And I thought, this is a pretty major deal for a kid his age to request fresh fruit instead of sugary cake. And I was working at Texas Children's um, at the time as an attorney and working in the healthcare industry and noticing that prevention was sorely lacking in the medical community. And yet so many of the diseases that we treat are preventable. So I started um, pitching my idea. I pitched it um, to my American Leadership Forum class, and they helped me meet all the experts in the industry one by one. Uh, First, I talked to KIPP schools. I'd actually been their bond lawyer early in my career, and then they brought me to meet Brian Green, the head of the Houston Food Bank. And then after that, they brought me to meet Dr. Srila Sharma who's my partner, now one of my best friends in the whole world, our co-founder, and she um, is professor of epidemiology at the UT School of Public Health. And we got together and we piloted this program in one school. And today uh, we're in 100 schools in six cities. And as you uh, noted or 
have talked to me about we've delivered 17 million pounds of produce to over um, 50,000 families um, plus hundreds of thousands of nutrition education materials. So it's um, that's kind of where we started. And it's really exciting to see that people actually really want fresh food and they're excited to get it. That is amazing. Um, you were able to get your son not to want cake. Bravo. <laughs> that is that, that is crazy. I have two young boys and they're always asking for sugar, chips, cake, of course, you know. I love what you guys are doing, you know, in providing not only the food but but educating them on nutrition so that they can make better food choices in the future. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the type of information that you you share with these children? We think that each part of the formula is really important because if we just educate them, but we don't give them the product and they live in a food desert that doesn't have access to fresh produce, they'll never put the action into place that we're teaching them. So that's one. But if you give them the product and you don't teach them how to use it or why it's good for you or why it tastes good, they're not going to try it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we want to create this fun environment. So it's kind of hip to eat produce rather than the sugary candy or the salty chip. So The education um, is done twofold because we're trying to create a whole community. We start with the teachers in the schools and we train them to teach um, a nutrition education curriculum called Catch Education. It's a nationally disseminated evidence-based nutrition curriculum. So we it's a train-the-trainer model. The teachers get educated on this and then they teach it as part of their regular curriculum in the classroom. And then the parents, because we know we need to hit every part of the family, they get nutrition education handbooks, teaching them the basics of cooking and why nutrition is important for their children and for themselves. And it really is back to basics, but I'll tell you, I use the books too. And mm-hmm. they're very easy to read. They come in English and Spanish. And um, they really, what we say is they demystify produce. And in addition to the books, they get helpful tip sheets every week. Um, everything's branded in Brighter Bites. We have a fun logo. Everything got our double B, um, apple butterfly, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and lots of fun red everywhere. We brand everything like that. So they get these tip sheets, and then they get a recipe of the week. So um, let's say we had kale in the back. We'll bag, we will give them a recipe sample of the kale smoothie, which by the way, children love. And um, then we'll give them the recipe to show them that they can do it on their own. That really empowers them to make good choices for their families, cook healthy items that they might otherwise not know what. I may need you to send me a few recipes after this call. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Deal. <laughs> there, we have over 100 on our website on FridayBites.org, but I will definitely send you a couple that are our favorites. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. You know, I can only imagine some of the difficulties that, you know, you guys face with distributing the food. You know, can you talk a little bit more about the process and how those bags are delivered throughout the cities, the six cities that you guys are in? What's interesting is I had no background in produce. I had no background in food. I had no background in distribution. I was an attorney (laughs) and I came up with this idea and I literally said to my contact Kip, I was like, I have no produce. When he said, I'll give you a school, I said, wait, I have no produce and no education. (laughs) You know, lucky for me, I found the right partner really quickly, um, being the Houston Food Bank. And then in every one of our cities, but one, we partner with a food bank. And they are a partner on so many levels. But on the distribution side, we consider them our food aggregator, as well as our food distributor. So we actually use their storage facilities to aggregate produce. So what 
what happens in every city is we partner both with a food bank and then we partner with a food distributor to round out what the items. So we try to give families eight to 12 different items a week because we want to get them excited. Um, And we know just potatoes, carrots, and onions won't cut it. And sometimes food banks are really long on those items, but short on greens or berries or things that there's not as much waste in the society of. So what we do is we partner with a food distributor and here in Houston, it's Cisco Foods. And Cisco goes to the farms that they work with. And when they're picking up orders um, for their customers, they say, can you give us an extra pallet for Brighter Bites? And we'll give you, produce um, supplier, a donation for the produce you're giving us. And we'll pay the freight to bring it back from California or Arizona or Florida or wherever it's grown. And then Cisco brings that product to the food bank. Um, In other communities, it's another food distributor, but in Houston, um, it's Cisco. And then the food bank will aggregate it and build mixed pallet. These are all concepts I didn't know before. (laughs) So bear with me if they sound like a foreign language to you too, but we'll build mixed pallets. And then the food bank's trucks will bring them to the schools where we're doing our co-op. We have then parent volunteers and Brighter Bright staff unload the trucks when they get there. And then we break down the pallets and we bag everything into the age 12 different items in our Brighter Bites bag every week. So the real magic is that we've created co-ops in every school that we're in, and we're about 50 schools in Houston alone. And the parents, we require parent volunteers. So the parents come into the schools. About We require at least 10 parent volunteers per school per week, and they um, join in our community of health. And a lot of times in these underserved neighborhoods, this is the first time the parents are walking into the schools, whether it's to volunteer or to pick up their produce. We have increased parent engagement in all of our schools. Some schools, even PTOs are forming, um, but it gives teachers an opportunity to make contact with the parents and everybody's just more engaged in children's education. So it's a really exciting opportunity that's just not just about the produce, but it really is about building community. I just want to reiterate We didn't buy any trucks. We didn't buy any storage facilities. We didn't reinvent any wheel. We just came into a distribution process that was already underway and just added ourselves in um, to get the produce to our locations. Um, That's a really simplified way of a logistic situation that is is quite complicated, but it's working. And it's working in Houston and it's working in Queens, New York. So, you know, those could not be two different uh, distribution markets in the country. I think that's about as different as they get, and we're making it work. We are very lucky to have such amazing partners that help us um, deliver this product, and I am grateful for not having to uh, fundraise for that capital to <laughs> buy all of those things. So it's awesome. Yeah, that is that is awesome. You know, and um, like you said, it's just kind of started off as as an idea, and you said you didn't really know anything about the food industry, but. You know, you just started on a journey, figured it out along the way. And, you know, I know starting a nonprofit, it, it has its difficulties. You know, as the founder of Brighter Bites, what advice would you give to someone uh, who is wanting to start a nonprofit? I would cautiously say go for it. So I think that there's a few things to consider. One, if your idea is unique and you really think that you can help people, then go for it. And the way to go for it is to surround yourself by experts. So I didn't build this alone. I built this with a great partner named Brian Green at the Houston Food Bank who took it on as his personal project and mentored me 
every step step of the way in food distribution. I surrounded myself with Dr. Sharila Sharma, who I mentioned, and um, she's a professor of epidemiology focused on childhood obesity. She had the education curriculum. She had the research staff to study it. You know, quickly met the head of produce for Cisco, who explained the produce industry. I then I had met Scott McClelland at HEB, who's now my boss, but also um, before I even worked at HEB, he was helping me figure out logistics. So that's a long way of saying is just surround yourself with bright people to get the answers that you don't have. Because you might think, who are you to come up with a solution? But why not you? Mm-hmm. If the problem exists in society, it means someone has not solved it. And if you're willing to put in the work to make it happen, I mean, I simplify Brighter Bites and the story I tell. I spent many 5 a.m. mornings on the phone with Trila and worked late, late into the night and asked my employers to help me get time to work on this project. So it takes a lot of time and dedication, but for me, it never felt like work. And so I was building something that really gave me this purpose-driven life that kept me motivated and kept me going. And I actually don't get paid by Brother Bites. I have a full-time job as director of real estate for HEB Houston. Again, they recruited me after I built Brother Bites, um, and they're very supportive of my efforts. So I don't take a salary from Brighter Bites, but it is the best thing I've ever done in my life professionally. It has made me whole. It has given me purpose. It has just motivated me to give back to the world in a way that has made me care for myself at the same time. And I'm thrilled to be leading this movement to better health. And it is so simple. And you can do that too. So the other thing I would say is find your passion. Your passion is probably not produce. If it is, we would love for you to help us. But if it's not, go find what makes you tick and go for it. And and know that every unique individual has something to offer. And you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. So I think that diligence matters, but the biggest thing that matters is passion. And you only have that if you pick something that works for you. That was the perfect advice that you could have given. Yeah. I think that really speaks to Tim and I and like, Absolutely. you know, coming together to try and build connect kindness early mornings late nights like i think everyone kind of goes through that but being surrounded with supportive people is so so important to when you have an idea and you're trying to make it a reality you know brighter bites all together you know you guys have developed 17 million pounds of food to families that is by far amazing when i saw that stat i was blown away since 2012 like that's a tremendous stat to have what is the future of brighter bites Thank you. Thank you. Well, the future is expansion, is continuing to help the cities that we're in, the six cities um, where we've served over 50,000 families, and then continue. We're looking to build our seventh city right now, and then we'll keep going. We are very motivated to keep going because we know after distributing the 17 million pounds of produce that it works that we have a research team under Dr. Sharma at UT School of Public Health that has found that during the program, 98% of the people are eating more produce, which you'll say, but Lisa, you're giving it to them. And we also have a statistic that 74% of the people are maintaining the same level of produce consumption when it's over. We also know that two years after Brighter Bites 
ends. A family of five is eating on average 19 more servings of produce a week. So it's a sustainable change in their lives. And we also know that we are affecting parents and children and teachers every day. Some of the things I described already speaking today, but the stories that I hear from the school counselor that says we have just changed the entire school because they've never seen parent involvement at that level before. Um, The Cuban refugee mom, single mom who came to this country who said her her boy's health was declining because they were eating processed food when they got here and they had been eating fresh food in Cuba. But when they met Brighter Bites, their health went back up again, and she could keep her children healthy by participating in Brighter Bites. The mom who was pre-diabetic that isn't anymore. I mean, the stories just go on and on, knowing that we're doing the right thing. And so for us is, how do we build this replicable model that we can plug and play in any city that we go to? And we've worked really hard, and we've had strategic planning firms help us. And so we are looking to grow and we are looking to impact both more families in the cities we're in and then the cities in which we want to bring brighter bites. And if we can make it in New York, what is the saying? If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. So we've challenged <laughs> ourselves right. in hard logistical cities like New York and DC, and it's working there uh, at the same level. So we're super excited to see where this goes. Can I just do a quick shout out to the Bronx? You're talking to New Yorkers. So that's awesome that you're making it there. You're welcome. And we are looking to go to the Bronx probably next. So stay tuned. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Lisa, you're such an inspiration. I love um, what you guys are doing, making a huge impact for you know our future, for the children. I know people that listen to this podcast, they're going to be super inspired like both Crystal and I are right now. For our listeners who want to be a part of Brighter Bites, how can they participate? How can they get in touch with you guys? That's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate everything you're doing at Connect Kindness. I think it's so important because because we wouldn't be here where we where we are without volunteers and partners. So, the best thing to do is to go to www.brighterbites.org, and there are signups for volunteer opportunities at all of our schools. So you can get on the line and bag produce and cull oranges, and you know um, get all those healthy ingredients into these bags for these families. You can distribute them as well um, at dismissal. So we find a place for you anywhere you want to help us. Um, as well as, of course, we're always raising money um, to keep our operations going. And so there's a donate tab too. But we like to find partners and meet them where they're at, just like we're meeting the kids where they are at at schools, and find a home for you in a way that resonates with you um, and meets your goals at Brighter Rights. So if you go to our website, you'll learn more about us and you'll see both volunteering and um, donation opportunities. And there are coordinators uh, listed that you can always email on those on the site um, to learn more about any of those opportunities that I've m- mentioned. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. We really appreciate you being on the Connect Kindness podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure uh, spending some time with you and learning more about Brighter Bites. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Y'all are doing great things. Thank you so much for listening to the Connect Kindness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShareGiveDo. And please remember, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion.